Brian Flores is crazy, man. That's my, my takeaway from the tape. Brian Flores is an insane person. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast. You like it on three, one, two, three. You, like you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, where we try to learn something new every day. I'm your host, Luke Braun. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day each and every day. I appreciate you all so very much, my daily listeners, my hashtag everydayers. You can find this show wherever you find your favorite podcasts, whether it is anywhere you listen to audio podcasts, all the usual suspects, including SiriusXM. You can also find all of the game broadcasts, including the upcoming Vikings-Packers game, uh, Paul Allen broadcasts or whatever, on SiriusXM, as well as all the other NFL games. You can also find this show on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app or YouTube. Uh, pretty fun stuff going on today. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off of your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So uh, today we're doing the film for the San Francisco game. I, I I so deeply wish this game didn't happen on a Monday night, so that I could spend more time on this show on it. But hey, look, tomorrow we got crossover. Thursday we're going into Packers stuff, so. Let me get out the the main points that I want to make, and maybe I'll save the rest for Patreon or circle back to it another day sometime or something like that. Um, so the main points I want to make, for one, I want to talk a little bit about Brian Flores' personnel. Uh, they did some really weird personnel packages in this game, and I think I understand why, but I kind of have to talk it out. There's also um, the way that Brock Purdy and the 49ers attacked the Vikings coverage is really interesting. And the way that the Vikings kind of figured out how to respond to that is very chess match uh, kind of episode. And then I also want to talk on offense about how the Vikings neutralized Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa had a fairly quiet game and the way the Vikings approached that was really, really cool. The first thing here is um, let me get at you about personnel. So typically the Vikings live either in, I'm going to call it a five, two base package I know that technically like Daniil Hunter and Davenport or Wanham or whoever are quote unquote linebackers. Um, I'm counting them as D linemen. They're always D linemen in my heart. So we'll call five two, right? That's your your base thing. Ivan Pace and Jordan Hicks as the linebackers, your five guys down and your four defensive backs. Uh, or if you go in the nickel, you take out one of those guys off the defensive line, you add a new D back and you're in a four two five. Um this game, they did that different. They did one off-ball linebacker. It was Jordan Hicks, and they very rarely had Ivan Pace on the field. I don't think Asamoah got a single defensive rep. He got hurt on a special teams rep anyways. Um, so they're doing some weird stuff here. 5-1-5, five, five, right? 5-D-line, five, five defensive backs. Or if they, were, if they wanted even more, they spent a bunch of time in this game in dime, which is six defensive backs. Sometimes that was four safeties and two corners. Some more of the time that was three corners, three safeties. Uh, they would have Josh Metellus do things in the alignment that usually would be Ivan Pace. And then they would still have their like four or five defensive linemen, depending on if they were in nickel or dime. But essentially, they spent the entire game having traded out a linebacker for a defensive back. 
Um, that is a buck wild strategy to, to put together. And a lot of the reason for that, I think is as a sort of off the wall, uh, answer to the Kyle Shanahan offense and all of the lead blocking that it does with use check and Kittle and wide receivers. Even, um, a lot of it with Debo Samuel, if he were healthy, they do a lot of that. Um, it's, something that has caused problems for other teams. Uh, the deal is that's an insane answer to an insane problem. And everything Brian Flores has done this year has been utterly an outlier. They lead the league in cover zero. They also lead the league in dropping eight guys into coverage. They're now busting out. They probably lead the league in safety usage. They probably use the most safeties out there. By the way, Lewis seen healthy scratch. So there's that going on amongst all this as well. Theo Jackson got the job. <laughs> there's it's just such a weird deal. Like. The defense is so bizarre that it becomes a difficult thing to prepare for. I mean, when you run, let's say you just the Vikings had just stuck with the Fangio stuff. Let's say that they they went up to Adonatel. They said, hey, man, you're on notice, but we're not going to kill you over this. Uh, we understand it was your first year. Let's let's be a little patient. Let's say that they had made that decision and let's say it was going a little better. Let's say they were right about that. And then, you know, they it got taught a little better and things were kind of like looking up. The Vikings would still be at this disadvantage because anybody who played the Packers before the Vikings, if you had played the Chargers, uh, if you, if you know, if you had caught them in the AFC, all of these teams, the Rams, if you played any of these teams, Eagles, uh, you would have found all of this quarter, quarter, half, all of this Fangio stuff, all these really similar defenses and whatever you figured out for those games, you can kind of just dust off and do again. You don't have to install anything new for the Vikings. When you are a team preparing to play the Vikings, this is what the Packers are dealing with this week. They are dealing with something they have not yet dealt with. And that's going to be true for everybody. Yeah, there's blitz heavy teams, but nobody's as blitz heavy as the Vikings. Um, and yeah, there's teams that, you know, like to do some exotic coverages, but nobody does more exotic coverages than the Vikings. <laughs> it rocks. I mean, it, I, I love being that outlier. I love the Vikings being that team that's that dares to try something new. Even if you get games like the, the Chargers game where it just doesn't work or the Chiefs game where it just gets beat, right? I'm okay with that. Let's, you know, dare to be different, right? Um, Or, you know, or you could go be mid the way everybody else is mid. I, I, I like the dare to be different element of this. Um, and I think it's, you know, we just kind of take a moment to reflect on Brian Flores and his situation. People are asking, like, well, he's going to get hired away as a head coach now. Like, look what they just did to the 49ers. Um, I don't know. I, I, I legit, I have no idea what will happen. And that's that's a conversation for much later in the year. But uh it kind of feels like Flores knows he's he's playing with house money a little bit. Look, he's got an active lawsuit against the Miami Dolphins in the league that's going to put a damper on some head coaching interviews anyways. So I don't know how much it feels like he's playing for a job just because of the extraneous stuff going on. Um, and, and it kind of feels like, all right, then we've all like then I get to do whatever I think is right. And I get to experiment and play and do weird stuff and try things. So. All right. What is that weird stuff? What is what is weird that that we get to do 
um, that worked so well against the 49ers. Well, they use a lot of lead blocking, right? And a lot of bigger personnel. Their entire offense is structured around getting you into a world where you have four defensive backs and then finding mismatches against that because you got linebackers and defensive linemen and coverage and stuff. So the Vikings essentially said, we're going to get bigger. We're going to use your defensive, or we're going we're gonna to use our size to match your size, but we're also going to have a ton of D-backs on the back end. So you can't just find, you know, Ivan Pace in coverage. That guy's going to be Josh Metellus, right? That guy's going to be Byron Murphy in the nickel. Uh, and you, and you got to do whatever you were going to do. You got to do it against him, against Harrison Smith or whoever. Um, the problem with it was that naturally, anytime you aren't rushing all five of those defensive linemen, uh, you're, you're backing off Dean Lowry. You know, you're, you've got Jonathan Bullard going back into the coverage or DJ Wanham trying to match up with, you know, Christian McCaffrey in the, in the on an out route like that's not going to be as good. Um, so they did kind of have to eat a lot more of that, but that is the cost of the exotic pressures and the crazy stuff that they like to do and blitzing Purdy a whole bunch. Um, truly, this felt like watching the trenches, especially a playoff game. This felt like playoff football, just because both teams really felt like quality teams bringing their best. Uh, and that... <laughs> doesn't match the other things that I've said about the Vikings earlier in the year, and that's very sweet. I love that we get to talk about things this way for a little while at least. Um, so I want to explain myself on that take, talk a little bit more about the nuances of the coverages, and of course get into the offense as well. So we still have a lot to get into on Lockdown Vikings. Today's Locked On Vikings episode is brought to you by Game Time, a great place to find last-minute tickets, flash deals, and flash deals and zone deals. Uh, getting last-minute tickets, especially to NFL games, can be kind of a nightmare. Let's say you did want to go to the 49ers game. Let's say you, you didn't want to go to a game, but now you're reinvigorated with a whole bunch of new energy because they beat the 49ers, and, and you want to go make a quick trip to Lambeau and go be a road team, right? That makes... That sounds pretty fun, right? Go to game time. You can find last minute deals. You can find pictures of where your seats are so you're happy with the view. Uh, and you can find the best price out there. And they're so confident that they'll get you the best price out there. They will get, uh, they, you can just pick the section and game time will pick the seats for an average of 18% savings. And they have a game time guarantee, which means you get the best price. So if you go cross-reference and you, you find a better price somewhere else for the same row, same section, they will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Vikings every single day. Hey, here's something cool. If you live in Maple Grove or the surrounding areas and you go to the uh, I-94 and the exit off of I-94 onto 101, Highway 101, check out the billboards around there. Maybe you'll see something cool. Um, also, if you like the kind of nitty-gritty film analysis stuff that we tend to do here on Wednesdays, uh, check me out on Patreon, patreon.com slash NFL. Uh, if you want to give it a shot, you can go watch a video from a previous game. 
and that is open to everybody, whether you have joined or not. But of course, I always appreciate it. And if you join, you get early access. You get to watch these things as they come out instead of having to wait until the next week. Just did one about Nick Bosa and how the Vikings neutralized him, which we will talk about next after I get go over a couple of uh, quick specifics about the, the defensive strategy. So um, when I say in the trenches, this was playoff football. One of the things uh, that, that jumped out to me, there's a run play that the 49ers, they converted like a third and one on it. And the Vikings were expecting a sneak. The entire defensive line, they start out in a fairly normal front uh, with like two four eyes. So two guys lined up inside shade on the tackle. That makes sense, right? On left tackle, right tackle, shaded to the inside. And at the last minute, they both shift in to kind of cover both a gaps. So now you've got the center super, super covered. And it's like this super like anti sneak look. And the 49ers then run to the B gap and convert <laughs> right where that guy vacated. Um, that's the kind of chess match thing where you go, all right, I'm expecting a sneak. I'm expecting a sneak. They make it look like they're going to sneak and then they do something else. Th that sort of cat and mouse is both teams really bringing their best. Both teams really looking at the other team, trying to figure out what they're going to do, trying to subvert it. And it's just, just a matter of if Tom is one step ahead of Jerry or if Jerry is one step ahead of Tom. Um, I, I, I love that stuff. I think that's peak football. Truly. I think that's the kind of foot that's, that's what football was meant to be is that kind of play. Um, there's also a really interesting thing that the, the 49ers center did. I think, God, the 49ers center is so good. What's it? He's a brand, another Brandel, right? Um, it just watching him prepping for this game and watching him in this game, that dude rocks. Uh, but he is so, so the Vikings are in their Bengal look, which is eight on the line of scrimmage. And typically when they're in that look and they're bringing a pressure, uh, you got two guys in both the A-gaps, right? You're mugging the A-gaps, very Mike Zimmer. Uh, and one of them's going to come and one of them's going to back off into the coverage. Which one is which depends on which way the center turns. If the, ten if, the if the center turns toward you, you back off. So you force the center to be wrong. So what the 49er center does is he turns toward one of them, that guy backs off, and then he actually turns back toward the other one once the blitz has been declared. There is an incredible feat of athleticism to that. Like that feels like the answer to this Brian Flores stuff, like this, this Bengal Hawk stuff. If, if that's the pressure that Brian Flores does centers doing that is the answer. But the problem is not everybody's center can do that. I don't know. I don't know how many centers can do that. Like, I don't know if you can look at that on tape and then be like, Hey, Josh Myers, you're hurt. You got this. Like, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. Um, it, it again, just, Good teams bringing their best. Um, from a passing game perspective, they attacked the Vikings and the Brian Flores, the Rip Liz stuff that comes off the Belichick tree. Rip Liz um, is just a name for when you see the safeties roll. So you see like two high safeties and one comes down and one kind of goes over to be the middle of the field safety or Sometimes you'll have it lined up. You got a middle of field safety and then they'll like change which one is which. Um, that is an uh, rip, right? Liz left tells you which one's doing what, right? Um, the 49ers figured out that the Vikings do those roles in um, like they execute whatever they're rolling to they will execute in response to motion. Cause Hey, when you see motion, usually the snap is coming, right? So that's a pretty good indicator to say, Hey, when you see motion, you know, 
roll the coverage so that you're in the alignment you're supposed to be in at the actual snap, but you're not doing it so far ahead of time that the quarterback has time to make like adjustments. Um, so the 49ers had figured this out and they attacked it. So they would use some kind of motion, force the coverage to roll, and then throw the ball away from where that coverage was rolling to. So if one safety started low, started, you know, in the box, and then rotated back up to be a middle of field safety, you would throw to that safety's side where he started from and where he's leaving. And it, it, it turned into a bunch of moments where the 49ers were throwing the ball to a spot the safety was running away from. Real hard to break down and go break on that ball and make a play. And they got a lot of plays off of that. But none of that works without Brock Purdy throwing with anticipation on time. Um, I'm going to be honest. I think Purdy's catching way too much heat over there in San Francisco. I thought he played really well. And, and I'm saying this on the Vikings podcast. I mean, this isn't locked on 49ers, but I'm saying this on the Vikings podcast because I don't want people to look at this game and say, ah, Purdy's a fraud. They didn't actually, you know, accomplish it. They didn't have Debo Samuel. They didn't have Trent Williams. They didn't actually accomplish it. I don't want people to say that. There's so much about this game that the 49ers did so well. Like, they played a good game. They came up short, and they got stuff that they're going to want to go clean up and all that stuff. You know, horseshoes and hand grenades, all that stuff. But credit to them, they played really well. And I, it, it, it colors my take about the Vikings in this game, which is they beat a good a team playing well. They, they, they had an opponent have a good game and had to go beat it. Congratulations to you for that. That's awesome. And ultimately, this game came down to both quarterbacks attempting really difficult stuff. Both of them deciding, I'm that guy today. And, and I think they both had that mentality. Both Cousins and Purdy had that mentality. This is my day and I'm that guy. And Cousins' arm could cash the checks and Purdy's couldn't. And I think that's ultimately the difference in the game. Purdy had that those hero ball plays. He saw the vision, right? He saw, hey, if I scramble off this way, I can get the angle. But his arm let that thing linger a little bit or it it, it sailed it a little bit uh, and or, you know, your wide receiver ran the wrong route on the, the first Cam Bynum interception. Jawan Jennings or not the wrong route. He just ran kind of a slow, not very good route. Um, and so it ended up being an interception on the on the second one. I explained it yesterday, but that was a disguised coverage kind of getting Brock Purdy and he didn't see the safety uh, buzzing down. All of that is mistakes that weren't replicated on the other side. That was the difference in the game. And I know, scorching hot take. The difference in the game was that one quarterback played better than the other. But truly, it was it, it was two guys that felt like they had this game and that this game was meant for destined for them. Uh, and one of them was right, one of them was wrong. That's how it goes. Uh, let's talk about that guy that was right and Kirk Cousins. Kinda. We'll talk a little about Kirk Cousins, but mostly I want to focus on how the Vikings took Nick Bosa out of this game and made it come down to someone else. That's what you got to do as an OC, right? So let's get into that next. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs is the number one place as rated by small businesses to find quality hires versus your leading competitors. It is super easy and free to add your job and let everybody know on LinkedIn that you are hiring. You just have to add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and add the job opening. 
and then you can spread the word. They've got from there all kinds of simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills, experience, and personality for your business. What your company and your business needs is unique to you. This is not a cookie cutter thing, and LinkedIn knows that, which is why they help you narrow things down. It can be this really overwhelming process to have to sort through 400,000 resumes from people from all over the place that you don't even know and you can't vet. LinkedIn can help you kind of pare that down into something more manageable, but still allow you to make an informed decision with a great pool of candidates. So once again, go to LinkedIn jobs, uh, linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Once again, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL terms and conditions apply. Today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Made Easy. We'll do a little bit of Prize Picks on Friday, going for the Packers game. But Prize Picks is a, a different thing than traditionally what you know daily fantasy football as. It's not like coming up with a whole lineup and then having to enter a pool with a whole bunch of other people. I hate that format. If I think that you know, oh man, I really think Derek Carr is going to have a big game. Uh, and, and I like the, the, the budget that I can get him at, uh, I, I maybe just want to do that <laughs> and not have to then come up with a whole lineup and figure out who my flex and my kicker is and then join a giant. I hate that. Just give me the players that I want to do. And that is what prize picks can do for you. Pick two to six of your favorites and then, uh, smash them all together to get a greater payout when you win, maybe even do a flex play where you can afford to get one wrong. And that's that. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and you can use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit mo- match up to $100. That means you put in $100, you get $100 slapped right on top of there. That is prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Let me shift over to the offensive side of the ball for a second. Um, full disclosure, this is a companion piece a little bit to... Um, a Patreon post that also went up today that explains all this stuff in detail. But the way the Vikings approached Nick Bosa was a very complete game plan. I, I think Kevin O'Connell just beat Steve Wilkes here is, is really what uh, the, the, the takeaway is. If you need something that's like, that's like transitive, right? Uh, they did a great job of preventing Nick Bosa from having opportunities to, Go make a play. And that's what a defensive coordinator is trying to do at the end of the day is, is put your guys in a position to go make a play. So what Brian Flores is trying to do with all that 5-1-5 back off into drop eight, cover three crap. Put your guys in, in position to go make a play. Um, So uh, a lot of people have pointed out different versions of this. I like the way that uh, Dan Orlovsky uh, explained it on ESPN Matchup. So they chipped the heck out of Nick Bosa. Tons and tons and tons of chipping on Nick Bosa. Often that was TJ Hawkinson. And as we've covered in the past, the Vikings have this luxury with TJ Hawkinson where they can have him chip and be part of the protection while also giving him like real routes. He's not just chipping and going out to a check down like most tight ends do. Um, he's chipping and then actually like running one. And there's only a handful of tight ends in the league that do that. And those guys are like Kelsey and Kittle. Um, so that's great that you can get that. And then the other thing is that they would tur- then turn the protection away from Nick Bosa. So the way that defenses, uh, defensive coordinators want to get their superstar edge rusher isolated is by loading the front to one side and saying, look, at all my guys are on the left. Nick Bosa's on the right. 
So it forces the Vikings to turn their protection off that way uh, to you know go toward where all the guys are, meaning that you get Nick Bosa on a one-on-one. And then if you, you get to pick right tackle or left tackle, which side do you put him on and which side do you put the rest of the guys on? Um, so the Vikings answer to that was to say, okay, we'll play your game. Well, we'll turn the protection the way you think we should. We'll even maybe even slide it, but we're going to put a chipper over there to help with Nick Bosa as well. So we're going to have our cake and eat it too. We'll have the numbers advantage that we want. Um, so that's part of it. But what less people have been talking about, I mean, sometimes it was Christian Derrissaw on an Island, just beating Nick Bosa three or four reps where Christian Derrissaw just wins the rep. No help, no nothing. Just him, mano a mano against the defensive player of the year and winning. God, I love Christian Derrissaw. <laughs> but one of the other cool things that the Vikings did, uh, it's called trap protection. And it looks kind of like power or trap uh, in, a, in the run game where everybody blocks down. They block the, you know, everybody blocked the guy to your left. And then Dalton Reisner would pull around and block Nick Bosa. Uh, he would all the way across the formation and and block Nick Bosa. And what that does is it it presents a certain look to Bosa that tricks him into seeding away all of his space. Okay, what do I mean by all that? So Nick Bosa likes to line up in a wide nine alignment. That means he's lined up really, really far to the outside and he uses all like tons of space between him and the tackle who's probably blocking him. And he uses all of that space to set up moves, to warp angles, and force tackles into really uncomfortable situations. So as an offense, you have to find ways to get rid of that space. One of those options is put a tight end over there. Now you have put a guy way closer to him that's going to be uh, that's that's going to be responsible for at least starting the process of blocking him. One of those solutions is uh, to have a tackle that's really good and all of that stuff just doesn't matter. That's a nice luxury. <laughs> but the trap protection thing is cool because if they look like they're sliding the protection away from Nick Bosa, or that could look like zone run away from Nick Bosa, or it could look like counter toward him, they all kind of start the same way. So, so Bosa, when he sees the tackle that he's lined up against, slant away from him his reflex it depends on the run fit in the play right but one of his reflexes uh is to basically squeeze down the gap between him and the tackle and say okay somebody might be pulling and blocking me and they're going to try to kick me out of the play they're going to try to drive me sideways and widen the gap between me and brian o'neill so i got to get close to brian o'neill before he gets there squeeze it down they call it squeeze um, and what that does is trick him into squeezing away the space, right? We're passing. We actually don't want you to have that space. And we're just presenting a look that makes you think that that's good for you for a second, right? Uh, and it was a play action look. They did that on play action a whole bunch. They did like four or five and they got clean pockets every single time with like Dalton Reisner 1v1 on Nick Bosa. That is an awesome feat. Um, so attacking Nick Bosa that way, and they did a lot of the the classic, you know, a lot of screens, a lot of chipping, a lot of just run a jet sweep away from him, that kind of stuff too. Um, but it was very clear that no matter what the rep was, they had some plan for, okay, how do we prevent Nick Bosa from ruining this play? Do we double him? Do we just trust Christian Derrissaw? Do we do something fancy? 
Uh, they always, always, always had a plan for him. And guess what? The game came down to someone else. I guess Traverius Ward. That would be the guy the game came down to. He kind of lived and, by, and died by him as a 49ers defense, I guess you would say. Maybe it was Fred Warner. But it was just a really sick game plan. Sick quarterback play. Sick line play. Sick play from Jordan Addison. Way, way, way too much stuff to praise and get to in, in, in this show. So there's stuff that went unmentioned. We're just going to have to be okay with that because it is... Packer time. Uh, tomorrow, we are talking to Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers. Uh, I would not set your expectations for another crossover like the last one. That one was a little bit too spicy. I didn't really enjoy it. I'm going to try to not do that. Uh, but, you know, we'll uh, see how the conversation goes. I have a feeling that Packers fans aren't exactly going to be as full of vinegar after the last three weeks that they've had anyways. So we'll, we'll start talking about how the Vikings approach Jordan Love and if that team is even going to be okay. Uh, and we'll get on with it. So I'll see y'all for that. And as always, Skull.